Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Simon. How are you? I'm doing well, Devin. That's good. How are you? I'm fine. Wonderful. Thanks, and uh, welcome everybody to Insight Peterborough, a uh, project sponsored by the uh, Peterborough chapter of the Canadian Council. Sorry, Council of the Blind and... And Big Idea at the Innovation Cluster. Uh, so for in the interests of time there, Simon, I think we really um, better forego any music at the beginning here. Sure. Because this is a long um, presentation. Uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, Lyle Saunders of uh, Peterborough Disability Tax Services was uh, speaking to the uh, Peterborough chapter of the CCB, and uh, he was talking about his business, and uh, I thought it might be a good thing to play right here. So here's Lyle Saunders. Thank you for inviting me. Uh, my name's Lyle Saunders. Uh, so Peterborough Disability Tax Services uh, is my new business. Uh, so just to give you a little bit of background of uh, why I saw a need uh, for my business, uh, my oldest son, who's 12 and a half, uh, he has autism. So he was diagnosed with autism at five counties. Uh, I worked prior with H&R Block, uh, seasonally part-time, on top of my full-time retail job. Uh, when I started with them when my oldest son was born for a little bit of extra income. So kind of doing a few years of tax experience, but then was uh, went the retail route. And uh, I'm also the former store manager at Tip Top Tailored. So I was with them for four years. Uh, they were actually uh, under double C double A bankruptcy protection last year. Um, and a new company bought them out. Uh, which one of the contract uh, things said that uh, I'm signing saying that I would be, uh, I could move to any store as per business needs uh, next week. So with my oldest son and also my uh, youngest son and daughter, so I have three kids because we're insane. Um, <laughs> so it's quite chaotic. Uh, unfortunately, I could not sign that contract. Uh, so I said respectfully, uh, I cannot sign, and I know what that means. So, that's uh, so. While going through that actual process uh, and unknown, my son was approved for the disability tax credit, and uh, going through the process uh, federally, we received a lot of uh, taxable benefits. Um, but then also I saw a hiccup in the provincial benefits for the HST slash baby bonus. Uh, even though I, we went back about seven years, that was approved for, for my son at the time. Uh, the provincial government only goes back two to three years, and you have to fill out more paperwork. So provincially, we received a check in the mail for $3,400, so $3,000, and I was like, okay, this is awesome. But reading through the paperwork, I uh, found out about that two to three year glitch uh, and had to phone them and do more paperwork. And we added $11,000 because of that extra step. So that being said, see a need, fill a need. How many people, after going through federally adjustments, 
than getting this provincial check in the mail and not doing that extra step. So again, see a need, fill a need, and I wanted to kind of own my own business because uh, I was tired of making profit for uh, home office in Toronto. Um, and uh, again, just with when I when my son was diagnosed with autism at Five Counties, I had nowhere to turn to um, in regards to uh, the disability tax credit specialist. Uh, there was no one I could find easily. Uh, so I did it on my own because, of course, my previous employment uh, with H&R Block, I was, I was okay to read uh, the government credits and adjust, uh, and I'm glad I did. And like I said, I want to pass on this information and experience to everyone in, in Peterborough as well as provide a, uh, a uh, seasonal tax, income tax business as well. So not only do I provide a seasonal tax business for basically uh, uh, March and April, uh, but also provide a year-round business as well. Um, so that's kind of the background to my business. Uh, and I also uh, am networking. Uh, networking is a huge part uh, with financial advisors, both Sun Life and Investors Group, um, in regards to the disability, uh, sorry, the registered disability savings plan, so RDSPs. So I don't know if uh, you're familiar with the RDSPs or not, but it's a government program that if you are approved through the disability tax credit uh, and you invest into an RDSP, uh, the government actually has matching grants. So you can get matched dollar for dollar and depending on your income, if you are on a lower income, they can match two or three dollars for every dollar. So it's a great savings opportunity that uh, I've taken with my son as well. So with that $11,000 extra, uh, we turned it into $22,000 plus interest. Uh, it is a 10-year savings plan, um, and uh, that's the only catch that needs to be locked in as a savings plan uh, for 10 years. Um, but it's a great avenue. Uh, now, I don't sell them because I want every financial advisor knowing who I am because I deal with the tax portion. Uh, well, financial advisors, they don't touch taxes. So again, you have all these great advocacies and programs for the government, but you don't have the pieces of puzzles coming together under one umbrella or one mindset. So that's, again, what I'm trying to network is to not only do taxes, because let's be honest, yearly taxes are boring and a pain, but to have that advocacy of are you involved with community living, five counties, do you have a registered disability savings plan set up through a financial advisor, yes or no, and again, with the connections, and I see a lot of, a lot of groups and councils in Peterborough but to have every child and adult has a special need of some kind, and I love having the networking and knowing what fits and what can I suggest for you to benefit your lifestyle. And that's what I love about this job is just getting to know, uh, putting myself out there and getting to meet new people. Um, and, of course, talking about my kids I love. Uh, so that's a bit of a selfish perk for me. Uh, but in regards to helping, especially with the Registered Disability Savings Plan, there's a great savings avenue that a lot of individuals 
that can uh, do the disability tax credit, but of course their income, taxable income, doesn't get the tax credit, so no one really bothers with it because they don't see a financial benefit on their income taxes year to year, but it's a prerequisite to that open the door for that registered disability savings plan that is, you can invest $25 a month into and you get back either $25 or up to $75. So you can turn $25 a month into $100 a month, which after 10 years can be quite a significant is savings. It only a 10 year plan? <clears throat> I thought it went up to a certain age. So it does go up to the, they do a matching grant up to the age of 49, um, but you can continue putting into the savings avenue uh, until the age of uh, 59, which you have to start taking out at the age of 60. Um, with that being said, your provincial benefits for ODSP or any, uh, for community living uh, or uh, basically what you get for provincial benefits, right now that, that money that is uh, getting interest and your withdrawals from it will not be counted against your provincial benefits. Oh, that's interesting. Yes, yeah, so with my son, when he does need community living or, or when he grows up to be an adult and mm -hmm. I'm too old or six feet under mm -hmm. uh, to, ta to take care of him and he's out on his own and we mm -hmm. would love to have him as much as independent living as possible, we know this chunk of money is in there for him to withdraw from um, and it won't go against his provincial benefits. Um, so again, just having that knowledge piece and having a great savings opportunity, I'm assuming everyone in, in this room can take away from that. Uh, and, and like I said, if you don't have a registered disability savings plan, I highly recommend you look into it. And even though the matching grant stops at 49, you can still put into it as a savings avenue uh, in regards to uh, in, in regards to having an uh, inheritance or a chunk of money investment. I'll move over. Uh, no worries. Uh, to to have that savings avenue to not have it go against your provincial benefits. So I didn't know if anyone had any questions on that kind of opening spiel of of benefits and and any questions in regards to. Uh, taxable benefits or the registered disability savings plan. So you just said 10 years, a 10 year plan? So anytime you put into, uh, so for example, my son, he was diagnosed at the age of uh, basically nine, so we went back seven years. So they went back seven years to say, okay, you could, uh, you had up to $3,500 a year to throw into the savings plan. So that chunk of money mm -hmm. needs to be in that savings plan for 10 years before it's withdrawn. Um, so, for example, this year we put in $3,500. We're not allowed to touch that until 2028. So, but the original chunk of money that went into it, um, we can withdraw it, like I said, uh, sooner than later now. But it, it's put in place because the government wants it truly as a savings plan, yes. not, oh, I have this chunk of money, yes. I'm putting it in, getting the matching grants, and three months later, okay, I'm withdrawing it. Yes. Right? Yes, so it, it's, it's in there as a legal thing to have it understood as it's for um, uh, a, a child or an adult for a savings plan down the line yes. when they need the extra money for equipment or lifestyle okay. um, for families to such as inheritance, uh, you know, uh, birthday 
money that, uh, and also they had an, they have the RESP, but for my son, even though we had an RESP, but he was diagnosed with autism, um, with his cognitive ability, he won't be maximizing that RESP, unfortunately, because it doesn't, he needs to use it for full time, yes. which he probably will not be. I'm hoping I'm proven wrong, um, but they actually have now a streamline where you can put RESP uh, savings and streamline it into an RDSP because they realize yeah. that uh, diagnosis usually is when they're you know, pre-teens or as a teenager, uh, so then the RESP, then the savings avenue, even though it's 20% matching, you lose that, but then you can double it with the RDSP. So, yeah, as long as you have room, there is a limitation of the matching point. But you can you can throw in as many much as you want, but with that matching grant, uh, I believe it's about $3,500 per year for however you're approved for with the disability. Um, you mentioned you did income tax returns as well. Yes. So right now I'm uh, I'm from remote location, uh, so I, I'm out of uh, out of my home business. But I'm actually in talks uh, with getting an office for uh, February first, and I'm crossing my fingers um, for uh, getting a spot actually at the chamber. Um, so uh, I'm hoping there's availability sooner than later. Uh, if not, I will probably be at the new Peterborough business hub. It's located behind Abby Moore's. Uh, so definitely Abby Moore's, uh, restaurant, uh, McDonald's. So they, it's a newer business hub. Um, but of course, uh, the chamber would be great for me personally for networking um, uh, and and having that as a beginning business. So uh, I was uh, been through uh, Peterborough Court, the economic development at the um, Venture North building. Uh, so I went through that uh, application process and I was actually awarded a grant for my business. So I'm very proud about that. Uh, so that helped me get uh, the tax program uh, liability and uh, insurance, which uh, anyways, uh, and also uh, and also uh, two years with my website. So, uh, so it was a great opportunity. Can't speak highly of them enough. Um, but again, that opened up the door for networking, and that's where I, I got a booth at Love Local Expo to uh, to partner up with the different community uh, councils in, in Peterborough. So, so yeah. So that's my story. Uh, putting a real life name to to my story for. Uh, a boring tax business, uh, but I want to make it more than that. And like I said, I'm definitely here to help and go beyond just submitting paperwork to and from from uh, from the government. But I know with the disability tax credit, uh, we have been successful on reversing denials, um, which is a great pride um, to the fact that you see individuals uh, apply for it. Maybe the paperwork is not filled out correctly by the medical doctor, or we catch. Uh, that, that error, or if they are denied, we collect uh, with, with uh, the, our clients the medical documentation to prove that daily severity to CRA, uh, and then uh, just keep on trucking away to get that reversed, that denial reversed. And, and that's, again, a kind of a proud moment of seeing those. Mm -hmm. uh, do you do this all on electronically, or do you do paper returns, and you go around and pick up the all the papers that you need. So, so how? 
So yes, uh, so we've been contacted by uh, as long as you're given, uh, for, you, you give permission for your doctor or medical uh, mm -hmm. practitioner to say, hey, Lyle's a good guy. He has permission to collect my paperwork mm -hmm. uh, for, for medical documentation. Uh, I will pick up the, the paperwork needed uh, and we do work remotely. Um, so I, I, yeah, I drive around, pick up paperwork, but I'm really hoping to have somewhere where I can have an office for people to drop off uh, the paperwork if needed every year. Yeah. When will you know if you get the Chamber of Commerce? Uh, sooner than later. I don't, I don't want to reveal too much before the papers are signed. Uh, so, but uh, we're hoping to announce it uh, come, come January for sure. But if something is intangible, say, in the next couple of weeks, I will be plastering it all over for marketing potential for So you're me. saying we, as hmm? you and your wife, or? Uh, yeah, so okay. my wife is, even though uh, she's a nurse at the hospital, uh, so uh, as much as she has a full-time job, she's a huge part to, uh, she's basically my boss, my financial Jiminy Cricket, uh, of no, or, or yes, or do you, okay, what's the plan, so. Yeah, so it's good. I, I love her patience uh, and her understanding that growing a business does, does it, it's some hard decisions and as much as working from home is cheaper, uh, it is that you, I do need something that is for especially the tax season to, yes, for clients yes. to come to and from. But I can go to clients' uh, residence uh, without issue. I don't mind doing that either uh, because mobility can be an issue for, Absolutely. yeah. So and, in the meantime, uh, until you do get your office, uh, mm -hmm. where can we contact you? Uh, so either a Facebook Messenger, email, or phone me on my cell phone, and we can arrange a date to to meet up at whatever location that you choose. Uh, so I've done meeting rooms at the Peterborough Library. Uh, they have great free meeting rooms that I can book there. I can meet at residence. We can do Tim Hortons, or we can meet, again, I'm, I'm quite flexible, or at your place of residence if you need, or Fleming, Trent. Like I said, any public place, the mall. So I guess we'll yeah. need your email address and phone number and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Lyle has some flyers here, but what we... Not um, everybody can see them. Sorry, I had a hand up from the gentleman in the gray sweater. I didn't know, I didn't want to... <laughs> yes. Just a question. Mm -hmm. Both my have, wife have, and I have guidelines. Oh, mm -hmm. And I've read the Revenue Cancer books every year. Mm -hmm. They always tell you about um, getting money back for vet bills, food, and dog, what I mean by food is dog food, mm -hmm. and all this mm -hmm. stuff. We've tried it. Okay. We've tried it. And they always say your uh, income isn't big enough. It is, uh, it, it, uh, it is for it is a taxable credit towards your income. So depending on your taxable income threshold, that's so... The taxable one, that's the thing. Mm -hmm. You don't get money back, you just get credit. Uh, yeah, so it's a non-taxable, uh, non-refundable taxable credit, yes. Um, which, unfortunately, just like the disability tax credit as well, if you don't make that income threshold, you don't get that $8,000 of a taxable credit at 15%, which is uh, basically $1,200, but you, it's a non-refundable tax credit. 
Uh, I understand the frustration for that, absolutely. Um, and if you talk to Marion Monstaff about it, I'm sure she would, uh, I would love to see that reversed as a refundable tax credit, yeah. not as a non-refundable tax Could credit. What's the difference? Where we had, when my wife's first guide dog was sick, mm -hmm. we had over 1300 1700 mm -hmm dollars of vet bills. Mm -hmm. That's not including food and regular vet. That's just for her. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nothing. No. Unfortunately, and that's where I'd love to see the system change. Uh, so to go on your asking about what's the difference between taxable and non-taxable, essentially if you make uh, enough income that you have to pay taxes on. So the working, for example, you're allowed to make $11,000 of employment income before you're taxed on. So for example, if you make $15,000 income and you're allowed to make 11000 before uh, you're taxed, making 15000 basically you'd be taxed at 15% of that $4,000. So then if you said you had X number of dollars in medical expenses, that would take off that $4,000. So if you had $5,000 in medical expenses, it mm -hmm. would then it would basically do the less than the eleven. Then you wouldn't have to pay the fifteen percent of that extra four thousand dollars. It would null that out. But you don't get, you don't as a non-refundable tax credit. So if you you're like, I have five thousand dollars in expenses. I only have four thousand dollars of in uh, of taxable income. So where's my money back from that extra thousand dollars of of fifteen percent? Why am I not getting a hundred and fifty dollars back? Unfortunately, that's the rules and regulations with the non-refundable versus a refundable tax credit. Okay. But I agree with you. The 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 gov the federal rules and regulations in regards to taxes can be quite annoying. You're preaching to the choir. Uh, but, you know, we, we follow the rules and regulations uh, because you can't fake it till you make it when you're dealing with taxes because you'll get tr in trouble down the line. Uh, so we're definitely long-term thinking, not short-term thinking. Maybe John and Lynn should be Lyle's first client. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One thing yeah. that, one that does help us, though, and you have to look at this way, is that T2201, Mm -hmm. Most of us qualify for that, which means it lowers the amount of tax that we have to pay. So if we knock that off, then that means we're not paying any tax either. If we don't have that, then we might be in a bracket where we're paying and we have to pay tax. And then mm -hmm. by that time, then you might be able to put in the tax vet uh, bills mm -hmm. to have that business down. So, and it, it is transferable to your spouse because I I have the disability correct. tax credit, so I, I can transfer it to my husband. Yes. Yeah, I have no income, so yeah. it helps with his his taxable income. So, yeah, the T2201 is the disability tax credit. So that's the paperwork that I've helped fill out and, and uh, double check and make sure that all the ducks are in a row. Uh, so CRA doesn't go, oh, you do deserve it, but you didn't fill out this one page right or didn't check this box, so we're denying you, which is a huge frustration. Uh, for example, I just got emailed from Sun Life. One of her clients, a three-year-old daughter, uh, was denied. Uh, she has Down syndrome, uh, but denied uh, because they figured the 
the doctor didn't fill out the paperwork properly. So he probably just filled out the one page and the signature rather than the entire six page document. And that's where, uh, again, see a need, fill a need. Uh, even, and yeah, unfortunately you hear horror stories like that, but that's where, that's where I come in and, and go, okay, uh, yeah, <laughs> let's, let's fix this. Let's fix this wrong. And that's where I'll be on the phone on hold on your behalf. Um, and that's the thing, everyone hates dealing with the government and they can be quite quite heated. Um, so that's where, again, see need, fill a need, I take that aggravation off your shoulders. So, yeah. And they can lose some, some paperwork too. Yes. I use I use large print, mm -hmm. and I sent in the the OM that the Ontario Baptist three times. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and photocopy my send it back. Finally, what they said to me was, don't send it through the mail. Bring it right out to the um, the depot, like the, the one on Crawford Drive, mm -hmm. and drop it in the mailbox for us. Yeah. And that's what I do. I make photocopies uh, of everything, give, hand in the original paperwork, um, and that's actually on Crawford Drive. It's a, uh, I drive all the paperwork there. Um, it's also to help with my expenses not mailing, which is a great opportunity for me, but then having that, uh, that asset of that Dropbox um, is great, and I know what needs to go to them in Peterborough, or I just... A highlight needs to go to the Sudbury office. Um, that way, they don't. Uh, they, it doesn't go to through too many hands to get to Sudbury because that can then it can be lost in the mail. So. I should say it's uh, almost twenty dollars a year by not mailing. The yes. I stand in the whole mailing copy since they lost that one section. Yeah. Um, this was about five years ago that they lost the one section for the Ontario benefits. So now what I do, I don't tear out all the, the papers and send them in. I send in the whole book, which means I have to pay more money to if I mail it. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. So, and that's, again, just the trick of the trade of knowing how to quickly do that and get it processed quicker okay. rather than you know, mailing it in through standard mail and then of course you never know with labor disputes or, or you know, with certain, uh, certain uh, longevity, so. For a while, mm -hmm. if somebody doesn't have the disability tax credit and applies for it this year, how, how many years back do they go for? Uh, you can go up, back up to 10 years. Uh, they approve up to 10 years. Um, if they only approve you for one year, and I will go and say, hold off, uh, hold on one sec, uh, let's challenge them. Uh, for example, a gentleman, he's in his late 50s. Uh, he had to retire early because of shortness of breath and, and low circulation in his legs. He was originally denied. We went, uh, we challenged it. He was only approved for one year, and now we're getting more to make medical documentation to challenge uh, why isn't it being approved uh, for at least two to three years more because his doctor said even though the severity and he had to uh, quit last year he's been dealing with this disability for at least two or three years uh, so we're making up more of it even though we're they have approved one year I'm 
I'm, I'm an advocate on your behalf for let's get the maximum amount that we can because, um, yeah, that's the government for you, uh, quote-unquote, for denials are only one year. But, again, with my service, let's get the maximum taxable benefits that we can on your behalf. And a lot of that depends, too, on your, on your doctor who fills out mm -hmm. the forms because, you know, they, yeah. well, I had the optometrist fill out my forms and, and it depends on what day he puts down as, you know, your mm -hmm. diagnosis, basically. Right. So, yeah. you know, if he, if he misses the ball, you know, on that, mm -hmm. then, then, you know. They could screw it up, yeah. which, which, is, yeah. which is why it's good to sit with your doctor ahead of time and say, mm -hmm. if you're doing this for the, at the beginning, you need to, you know, sit with your doctor and say, okay, you know, this is what I'm applying for. He should know, yeah. hopefully, what to do. However, ask him, what's my start date? So you can discuss that mm -hmm. yeah, before he fills anything out. Does this affect any, uh, you if you're on uh, ODSP? Uh, so it's uh, if you're on ODSP, the taxable it's a non-refundable tax credit. So it, I, if you're not at a taxable threshold, uh, it won't really assist you that way. But it does open the door for the registered disability savings plan for you, which can match dollar for dollar. And right. if you have low enough income, will match three dollars for every dollar mm -hmm. invested. But only so. if you're younger than forty-nine. Uh, yes, for the matching grant, um, if you uh, you can still put into the savings plan until fifty nine. If you're on ODSP though, mm -hmm. and sorry Maya, I'm sorry. If you're on ODSP mm -hmm. though, and you are applying for the first time, you still go back ten years. Mm -hmm. Yes, you still could get a chunk of money for that ten years. Could mm -hmm. you potentially? And also the registered disability savings plan, they will say you can put this chunk of money, money into, into your RDSP. Uh, for this 10 years worth so you can have that in and if you're again if you yeah. if you were low enough income they will actually match three dollars to every dollar you invest in which if you are given thirty five thirty thousand dollar uh, opportunity for the last 10 years you can then turn it into at least 60 if not hundred and twenty thousand yeah, dollars yeah, yeah. into a savings plan that will not affect your ODSP income once it's locked in for 10 years right. yes right. so it's a huge savings avenue potential this is something I always wondered too like when I, when I applied for the T-201 the, the I was already a widow at that point but when the the government considers it. Do they also look at the spouse's income and so on to determine, or is that separate? Uh, that's separate. With the T2201, it's, it's on an individual, um, and what CRA is looking for is a daily severity. Mm -hmm. That is what you need to prove and have from your medical doctor or medical specialist on this, this client or my client, uh, uh, has a daily severity because of this, 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 and this, and they have a uh, hardship of life every day, if not weekly, because of this, 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 and this, uh, for mobility, vision, uh, dressing, uh, medical bowel, um, and speech. Uh, that's what they're looking for uh, from CRA. So again, the lingo, and that's the thing. Most doctors, and, and especially optometrists, they're probably very unfamiliar with this paperwork. So they're looking at this six-page document going, what is this and how do I do it right? Well, that's where 
uh, again, with, with me phoning them or talking with them one-on-one -on -one going, uh, this is what we need to, that, this is what CRA is looking for, can you vouch and, and, and write this down? Um, and, and of course they're signing it, so they have to write it in their uh, politically correct way uh, because of liability reasons. But again, um, with, with my advocacy uh, and, and the business, it's, it's put really putting the pieces of the puzzle together, what's CRA looking for, and what, what does your medical specialist need to write down. And that's where I come into play of, of, of basically knowing the lingo and what, they, what CRA is looking for. Do you, so, while do, yes. do you feel comfortable uh, um, giving us your uh, email and address and phone number uh, so that Anyone listening to this can contact you? Uh, yeah, so my email um, is PTBO uh, DTS Disability Tax Services. So again, PTBO DTS uh, at, oh, sorry, I don't even email myself. Hold on, at Outlook.com. <laughs> uh, best way to reach me is actually on my cell phone, 705 931. Eight five zero zero. Yeah. So seven zero five nine three one eight five zero zero. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Facebook Messenger. Uh, if you're on Facebook and and on uh, Facebook Messenger, uh, I always have that attached to my phone as well. So even while if I'm picking up the kids from from school, I'm still on my phone uh, messaging back. No issues. Uh, so yeah. Uh, or even if you message me at seven o'clock at night after me putting the kids to bed at eight, I'm I answer clients to that late of night too, or the next morning after dropping them off. So, yeah. Great, good interview. Yeah, um, I shortened that up a little bit, uh, as I say, in the interest of time. But I thought maybe in uh, January. Uh, late January or early February, we could play the whole thing mm -hmm. and uh, um, have that as a, a presentation for our show uh, with a little bit of music uh, because it'll take most of the uh, hour and uh, it's definitely worth repeating. Yeah, it's information you can use and it's going to help you. For sure, more, yeah. More money in your pocket is definitely. what everybody wants, I guess. Yes, yeah, wow. that's right. So uh, we'll look forward to hearing that uh, in the new year. Um, What's this ricky-ticky tin? All right. Uh, we're going to um, talk with somebody from uh, a new business, and it's out in Vancouver, um, but it can uh, be of assistance to everybody. Um, and what I like about it is that it's cross-disability, so, and it's called Canadian Assistive Technologies. So I thought to kind of introduce the, the subject, uh, um, we could hear, you know, blind people use screen readers, right, to, to find out what's on their computer screens. Mm -hmm. Well, some brilliant person has somehow, and I have no idea how they've done it, but they've somehow made a screen reader uh, able to sing. <laughs> oh, okay. So I thought it would be kind of fun um, to hear these two selections. Uh, one is, you called it Ricky Ticky Tin? It's called Ricky Ticky Tin, yeah. <clears throat> okay, and then the other one 
perhaps is a little more familiar is uh, You Are My Sunshine. So while I get Steve Barkley from Canadian Assistive Technologies on the phone, um, let's hear those two. Sure, here we go. So Ricky Ticky Tin, followed by You Are My Sunshine. About a maid, I'll sing a song. Rickety tickety tin. About a maid, I'll sing a song. Who didn't have her family long? Not only did she do them wrong, she did every one of them in. Them in. She did every one of them in. Her mother, she could never stand. Rickety tickety tin. Her mother, she could never stand, and so a cyanide soup she planned. The mother died with a spoon in her hand, and her face in a hideous grin. A grin, her face in a hideous grin. One morning in a fit of geek, sing rickety tickety tin. One morning in a fit of geek, she drowned her father in a creek. The water tasted bad for a week, and we had to make do with gin. With gin, we had to make do with gin. She set her sister's hair on fire, rickety tickety tin. She set her sister's hair on fire, and as the smoke and flame rose higher, danced around the funeral pyre, playing a violin, violin, playing a violin. Well, she weighted her brother down with stones, rickety tickety tin. She weighted her brother down with stones and sent him off to Davy Jones. All they ever found were some bones and occasional pieces of skin, of skin, occasional pieces of skin. One day when she had nothing to do, rickety tickety tin. One day when she had nothing to do, she cut her baby brother into, served him up as an Irish stew, and invited the neighbors in, for in, invited the neighbors in. And when at last the police came by, rickety tickety tin. And when at last the police came by, her little prank she did not deny. To do so she would have had to lie. And lying she knew was a sin, a sin. Yes, lying she knew was a sin. My tragic tale I won't prolong, rickety tickety tin. My tragic tale I won't prolong, and if you did not enjoy my song, you've yourselves to blame if it's too long. You should never have let me begin, begin. You should never have let me begin. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy. Skies are gray. You never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. The other night, dear, as I lay sleeping, I dreamt I held you in my arms. When I awoke, dear, I was mistaken. So I hung my head and cried. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy.
skies are gray, you never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take my sunshine away. There we are. There's a microphone. Uh, and uh, so that's what can be done with technology. <laughs> and uh, here to uh, talk with us about a, a new business venture um, out in Vancouver, but it can definitely be of assistance to everybody across Canada, is Steve Barkley, and he's with Canadian Assistive Technologies. Hi there, Steve. I'm fine, thanks. Thanks so much for getting up as early as you have, because it's only after uh, 7 o'clock, 7.30 out there, isn't it? It is. Thank you for having me up. Oh, are we coming through the radio here? Is it coming through? Uh, I'm, not, I'm not sure if Steve is. 30 out there. Hmm. I'm still here. Okay. I can hear him through my headphones. Oh, you can. Okay, good. Yeah. Good. Okay. Okay, good. Sorry. Just making sure. So, Steve, tell us uh, a bit of the history of Canadian Assistive Technologies. Well, Canadian Assistive Technologies came about uh, as, a, as a new venture after the, the company that I've worked for for many years, a company called Aroga Technologies, uh, went out of business. So uh, I, started, uh, I started up my own business, um, essentially doing the same thing that I was doing before with Aroga. Uh, so we focus on uh, equipment for people who are blind and impaired, as well as equipment for people who have uh, physical disabilities. And Hello? we uh, distribute and we train on these uh, types of products. Okay, sorry, uh, Steve. Uh, so, no, I think we're okay. Um so uh, what kind of, uh, like what other disabilities uh, can you, um, uh, do you uh, uh, make uh, software for uh, aside from people with visual impairments? Uh, well, we have a huge amount of stuff for, uh, for physical disabilities on top of it. Uh, so that could be uh, anything related to uh, computer access. Um, you know, uh, things like uh, like switches, uh, things like uh, environmental controls for, for the home to allow people to uh, control, you know, things like lights or, or doors or drape pullers, uh, things like that. Now, would these be apps or actual devices? Well, uh, there, there's a bit of a mix because these days you can do an awful lot through uh, through devices like uh, you know tablets and uh, and phones. Mm -hmm. uh, but there's there's always some kind of, of hardware interface as well to to allow you know environmental control to work. You have to be able to uh, to interface with electrical sockets and uh, switches and so forth to uh, to drive these things. Right. Okay. And um, I understand that you also um, um, have devices or apps for people um, that have uh, speech impediments. Yeah, most of the uh, most of the stuff that we do around communication aids is uh, is fairly low end communication aids. There, there's companies that specialize in. Uh, 
you know, the more advanced communication aids, uh, companies like, um, for example, Prentke Ramek Company out of Ohio, uh, they, they make uh, very, very high-end communication aids that have, you know, symbolic strategies, language strategies built into them. Most of the things that we do are uh, entry-level communication aids. So, uh, you know, they might be uh, aids that are just programmed for very simple, single-stroke uh, messages, yes-no messages, or, um, you know, please bring me my blank kinds of messages. Yeah. And, uh, and what are some of the things that you have for people with um, visual impairments? Well, we do a tremendous amount of things for uh, magnifying, enhancing text. So the, the majority of people that we see are uh, people who are legally blind but not, not fully blind. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're trying to get access to print, trying to get access to computers. Um, and we have um, either devices or, or software for computers which will magnify anything, enhance the text, you know, make it very, very high contrast, for example. Uh, and can also speak out text to people uh, as well if they need to, uh, you know, kind of offload some of the visual fatigue and uh, just sit back and have something read to them. Simon and I were talking about something earlier that, uh, and I'm not sure even whether such a thing exists, but uh, um, say, for example, if uh, um, I, who have no sight, were writing a piece of music, is is there a, a, a way, or do you uh, or have a way of uh, people um, in my situation being able to transpose that into sheet music so that somebody else with a fiddle, for example, could just uh, pick up their sheet music and play it? Yes, uh, absolutely. Um, there's a company in the States called uh, Dancing Dots, uh, and, and they specialize in, uh, in music for uh, the blind and visually impaired. So they have a, they have a number of different, uh, different products. Uh, they have a, a product called Limelighter, which uh, allows you to scan uh, music and enlarge it for people who are visually impaired. Uh, but they also have software that, uh, that will allow full um, composing of music, and, and yes, you can produce sheet music with it. Wow. Um, I, once, I once saw a demo of that software at uh, the uh, CSUN conference in California oh, that yes. was done by, um, it was done by uh, Stevie Wonder. Cool. And uh, he actually sat down at that, at that presentation, um, composed a piece on the piano, printed out the sheet music, put it in front of a group of musicians, and they, and they performed it wow. all within about an hour. That's super, yeah. That's amazing stuff. This uh, assistive technologies collection. I'm, I'm actually on your website right now, and and it, it's very exciting. I mean, I'm really curious about how. I guess you must be always looking for the new technologies, and and people are developing these things all the time. And and I guess is this just a repository of them, or do you also develop technologies? Um, we haven't developed technology to date. There, I mean, there's a tremendous amount of stuff around the world if you if you hunt for it, and uh, and that's what we do. We we look around at all the stuff that's uh, that's available around the world, and and we uh, you know pull in the stuff that we think is going to be uh, of interest to to people here in Canada. So we um, 
uh, we go to to conferences. We you know we we find stuff online. Uh, we we talk to uh, developers when they're in the early stages of developing products to to you know try and try and get in on the ground floor of them. Um, and we also uh, sponsor a podcast. I'm one of the hosts of a podcast called AT Banter. And we pull in a lot of guests on that podcast to talk about, you know, what they're developing and, and working through. And uh, as a result of that, we oftentimes, you know, get in the door a little ahead of, of other people. Yeah, yeah. So I just want to touch very briefly, uh, I guess I'm not sure if you're familiar with what the innovation cluster is all about or what the big idea project that I'm working on is all about. But really, identifying and addressing accessibility barriers is what it's all about. A lot of people have challenges that they encounter on a regular basis and there are technologies that exist that can solve those those challenges and they just don't know about them or they don't have access to them there's technology all over the place and it's just a matter of getting the right tech to the right people uh, is i guess that's that's the purpose of your organization is it to to help people connect with the technology that's out there to help them yeah that's exactly right and you know we we try and provide a uh, you know an unbiased uh, eye at some of these technologies too because there's you know there's a lot of stuff that comes out on the market as well that sounds really good but when you know the rubber meets the road maybe doesn't function quite as well as you know what people are are promoting so you know you- we 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 try and be in the, you know uh, an impartial uh, viewer of some of these technologies too are there any major uh, maker spaces or groups that are that are constantly developing these techs. Like, are are do you have points of contact out there and places that are always kind of pumping out these cool things, or or how does that work? Well, the industry has has really gone through a shift, uh, particularly if you're talking about the low vision and blindness space, uh, because there's there's uh, more and more investment capital uh, coming into uh, into that space right now. And there's been a lot of, um, of buying up of, of the smaller developers, um, but but at the same time as that's happening, and, and those those larger entities that are that are formed continue to develop products. Uh, there's also um, smaller developers who, who pop up, uh, developing things in in little niches, and those those are the ones that we really like to keep an eye on because. Uh, those are the ones that tend to really provide major innovation to to the industry. Yeah, yeah. They they build something to solve one very 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 specific thing, and and then it just so happens to help a whole bunch of other people in the world. Oftentimes, yes. Yeah, that's very cool. Are there any uh, like people contact you saying this is my barrier? Do you have something for that? And then you hook them up with the technology that supports them best. Do you ever have people that contact you and you don't have a product that that'll work for them, or there isn't a solution available? Um, I, I I often do get contacted uh, with with scenarios like that, um, and and generally I can you know steer people towards some kind of solution. It's not always a solution that that we handle, um, you know. But I've been in this industry for twenty eight years, so. You know, oftentimes I will know, um, you know, of a solution or be able to direct them to a company that that handles some kind of solution for them. So, okay, you know, I'm happy, I'm happy to be a resource for for people who, uh, you know, who are looking for a specific solution. And you know, if I can't if I can't meet it myself, I'll 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 help them get to where they need to be. Cool. Okay. Of course, there's one <clears throat> advantage of having a, a company like yours is that people don't have to. Uh, pay American 
prices necessarily, uh, do they? They can order it from you and expect the Canadian taxes and whatever else, or or not. Maybe some of the devices don't have, uh, and apps don't have taxes uh, attached to them. And uh, when you give them a price, that's what the price is. Yeah, when you're when you're sourcing this stuff from from abroad, it can get a little bit tricky. And the the, the biggest issue that that I find bringing the stuff into the country is uh, getting hit with with tax duties and, and brokerage fees. And uh, you know, if if you've got a distributor in the states who's cognizant of, of issues at the border and make sure that uh, you know they they're properly marking these packages so that they're they're coming up here and are, are being exempted from from tax and duty um you know then you know you can you can deal with those guys but uh, if they're not cognizant of the border and they just ship something without proper documentation you're going to get hit with you know gst which you shouldn't be for for a product for uh, for people with disabilities mm-hmm. you're going to get hit potentially with uh, with duties which you shouldn't be because all of these products are uh, eligible for exemptions, uh, but brokerage fees—you'll you'll probably get nailed with those. If, although that seems to be hit and miss depending on the courier. Um, but I've seen people get dinged as much as seventy-five dollars just to bring a, a package across the border uh, in, in you know brokerage fees. So, so do we, we need take, to, we take all that out? Do we need to develop the capacity to create these technologies here in Canada so that we don't have to ship them? Do we need a, a big assistive technology makerspace that pumps out all kinds of cool technologies? That could be fun. Well, that would be great to see. I mean, Canadians have provided a lot of innovation within the uh, the assistive technology space. Uh, there are there are developers here in, in Canada, like uh, you know, Humanware, for example, mm-hmm. is probably the biggest the biggest one in in, in Canada. They're uh, they're out in Montreal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, a makerspace focused on assistive technology would definitely be uh, an asset to the country. Well, maybe I'll follow up on that. I, I would love to be a part of making one of those here in Peterborough, and there's some conversation about doing that uh, already. So I, I think what you're doing is really cool, and, and I, I'm really interested in, in continuing that conversation, I guess. You're partnered with um, another couple of uh, people out there, aren't you? Uh, I, I have a couple of people who, who I employ. Oh, okay. Um, there's uh, uh, Ryan Flurry, who's uh, he's got oh gosh, probably twenty years worth of uh, experience in uh, in the industry as well. And he he's fully blind himself, uh, and he's my uh, my primary trainer and support person for uh, for uh, blindness technologies. And then I've got uh, Rob Minot, uh, who is my uh, my marketing guru. He does all of our, uh, our product literature, makes sure that you know we have accessible PDFs, for example, for for all of our uh, products that we handle. Right. And both of those guys, Ryan and Rob, are, are co-hosts with me on the uh, AT Badger podcast as well. Super. We're coming to the end of our time, so let's uh, get some contact information for you, Steve, so that uh, people can check out your website and that sort of thing. Sure. Uh, they can find us online at uh, canastech.com. That's uh, the abbreviation of Canadian Assistive Technologies, and uh, uh, it's spelled uh, www.canastech.com. 
they can also phone us at uh, toll free at one eight four four seven nine five eight three two four, or they can uh, email me at uh, steve at canastech.com. Thanks so much for being with us, Steve, and uh, I'm really excited uh, about your venture there because it is so cross disability. So all the best of luck. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, and thank you for having me on. Very cool. Take care. Very cool. Thank you. Bye for now. Bye-bye. And that was Steve Barkley from Canadian Assistive Technologies. And we have, what, a couple minutes left? We have approximately 20 seconds. Oh, all right then. Well, this is Remembrance Day weekend, folks, so if you can uh, get out there and... um, um, remember um, the uh, veterans who uh, the, the uh, uh, soldiers and sailors and air uh, force um, personnel who uh, who fell in the two world wars. This is the hundredth uh, anniversary of the uh, original armistice back in 1918, and also give a thought to the uh, current. Um, Uh, military personnel and the veterans. Please uh, do that, and we shall see you next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.